quick thank you to our sponsors for making this podcast possible. They keep this show free to listen to. This episode is sponsored by Byheart. Byheart features a patent protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. Their formula includes the most abundant protein, alpha-lac, found in breast milk, as well as lactoferrin, the number one protein found in colostrum. Byheart is an easy-to-digest formula, which includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio like an early breast milk, making it great for a newborn's digestive system. Byheart is the only U.S.-made infant formula made with certified clean ingredients, including organic, grass-fed, whole milk, not skim. What it doesn't have is soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast. Use code PEACE for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. I came to parenting with everything I learned in childhood. Yelling, punishing, controlling, and shaming. After trying almost every method, I found connected parenting and was totally shocked when empathy, listening, doing away with rewards and consequences, and being a safe place actually worked. It moved the behaviors of my children and it felt good, especially with my very strong-willed and highly sensitive oldest daughter. This podcast was born out of the idea of sharing the message and helping parents find more peace in a modern world. Welcome to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. So glad you're here. Welcome back to the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I have a review from somebody on Apple iTunes I'd like to read. She says, I am so thankful I stumbled upon the Peace and Parenting Podcast. The topics are relatable and applicable to any stage of parenting children. My kids range from four to 12 and the episodes are easy to listen to and get right to the point. Michelle gives reasoning behind what she suggests and how to implement her advice and asks thought-provoking theoretical questions. I find myself constantly listening to her nuggets of wisdom whenever I'm in the car alone, and somehow there are never repetitive or boring. This really is a must listen to for any parent wanting to be better and do better for their children. Next up for me is reading Michelle's book. Oh, thank you so much. I love this one. And I'm so glad you're going to read the book. If you haven't read the book, it's one part memoir and one part what you should do in connected parenting, and it's called Unpunished. And you can find it at unpunishedbook.com. And I would love for you to read it and hope it gives you some nuggets too. All right. I want to talk about the idea of system restraint collapse. System restraint collapse has been used a lot in parenting um, to describe the ideas of when a child comes home from school. But it can be really anything. System restraint collapse is when our system, right? Just like it sounds, is when our system has been restrained for so long that when it's been given a break or given a space, it collapses. So if we use the school analogy, we have children who go to school. My kids go to school. I don't know what I feel about school. You know, I was a school teacher for 13 years. Well, not all of the 13 years, seven of the years I was a counselor and the other years I was a classroom teacher in high school and in elementary school. And I wanted to be a teacher badly. But when I got to the public school system, it was very apparent to me how broken it was. So many aspects of it were so broken. And and kids and teachers suffered dearly in, in the school system. And I think if I had more patience 
And if I hadn't needed to go back to work, I probably would have homeschooled my kids. But I didn't because I don't think I was equipped to, even as a school teacher. I think I emotionally wasn't there and I couldn't wrap myself, wrap my head around it. But if I had to do it over again, I, I, may, I may have done that. Because we put our kids into the school system. We put them in the school day, you know, at 8 a.m. And they get home at 3. And that's seven hours of negotiations. It's seven hours of reading temperaments, of dealing with all kinds of different adults. They've got their classroom teachers. One, if they're, you know, in elementary school or six or seven, if they're in upper middle school or high school. They have yard people to deal with and lunch people to deal with and, you know, security guards or any other adults on campus that they interact with. They have to negotiate those relationships. And sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes those relationships are hard. Sometimes they have to, they feel like they have to be on their best behavior. They have to stuff their feelings because school isn't safe to have their feelings. And that's a difficult ask for a child. Think about a six year old or a seven year old having to go and do that all day long. And how hard that must be. What if you go to the lunchroom and you don't like the lunch? Or what if your lunch gets spilled, but you don't want to tell anybody and then you go without lunch and then you're starving all day because you're too shy to stand up for yourself and nobody notices. What if you get pushed on the playground and you fall down and you you pick yourself up, but you don't tell anybody because you're scared to? What if people are bullying you and talking to you meanly, you know, during class, but you can't say anything? What if a teacher calls you out and and says you were talking, but it really was the person next to you, but you don't want to say anything? So many things can happen. We can think back to our own childhood and our own experiences in school. What was it like for you? What were the hard moments? Do you remember? Oh, I remember. I had a gray patch in my hair because I have this little gray patch in my hair. There's a birthmark. And I remember Brooks Jenkins on the playground saying to me, I'm going to wash that gray right out of your hair. I'm 50 years old. I remember that when I was seven. I also remember hiding under the tables in Miss Bowman's kindergarten class because I didn't want to come out because I didn't want to go to recess because I was scared. I remember being in the lunchroom and only getting, I I was allergic to milk and I always got juice and everyone always asked me why and I always thought I was different because I was, but what about the kid who has autism or ADHD or who who is in special ed or has a shadow or all of the reasons why they might be thought of as different? It's not easy being a kid and in school. It's hard and it's a very, very long day. I keep thinking, why are we putting our kids in school for seven hours? What the heck is up with that? There is no way you can learn after a couple of hours. There is no way that material can get stuck in your head for seven hours in a row. That is insane to me. It wasn't so insane to me when I didn't have kids because I was just like, oh, that's just what we do. You know, I'm just going to follow the rules here and just (laughs) go to college and then teach and blah, blah, blah. I didn't question it. But then when I had my own kids, I was like, oh, oh, my baby's going to school for seven hours at six years old. It's crazy. Even my high school kids, like, There's no way they're retaining seven hours worth of information. 
We're hitting pause for a moment to thank our sponsors. These brands make sure you can listen to this podcast for free. With Mother's Day around the corner, are you thinking about a truly special gift for your mom? Let me tell you about mylifeinabook.com. It's a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Pretty cool, right? Here's how it works. Every week, mylifeinabook.com will send her questions via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions you wish to ask. And then she can either type her responses or use their voice-to-text feature. And mylifeinabook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. And guess what? They can even create an audiobook using her voice recordings. It's like preserving her voice and her stories for eternity. This book becomes a legacy, something your future generations can treasure forever. Your mom's given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I used mylifeinabook.com to compile my own stories to give to my daughters for Mother's Day. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code PEACE at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com. Use code PEACE for 10% off today. You know what I don't miss at all? The vicious week before my period. I always used to feel like I was walking in quicksand and craving the most unhealthy of foods. My sleep was always off and my moods were unpredictable. Now it's easier to manage PMS with EstroControl. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality and it shows. And the biggest benefit, feeling like myself again, That's what women mention over and over in their reviews, and there are over 14,000 reviews of Hormone Harmony. For a limited time, you can get 15% off the entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code PEACE at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code PEACE for 15% off today. Okay, back to the episode. Back to system restraint collapse. There is no way that they can possibly manage seven hours of relationships with adults, relationships with kids, and learning, and you know, walking in the line and filing into the library and listening to story time and finding your space on the rug and being called out and you know, rewards and punishments. Like it's too much. So when they get to us at three o'clock. How do we suppose they feel like crap? Especially our kids with any neurodiversity. They have really been trying to keep it together. And it's no wonder they come home and they are jerks. They can't, they're done. And you know, us too. After a day of doing my duties and work and paying the bills and being a person and getting the groceries and making the dinner. Like I'm done too. I have system restraint collapse. I'm finished. You know what I want to do? A lot of nothing. I want to go in my bed and I want to pull the covers over my head and I don't want anybody asking me questions. And what's one of the first things we do when a kid gets home from school? How was your day? Do you want to hear that? I actually don't want to hear that. Don't ask me how my day was. Please. It's very ambiguous. My day was seven hours. So was our kids. What the heck do you want me to say? Oh, good, fine, bad, 
what, 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 what's the right answer? It's a horrible question, but we've been taught to ask it. I don't know why. I don't even know where that comes from. If anybody does, please email me. How was your day? I guess we think it's a nice thing to say, right? How was your day? Instead, what I suggest is being quiet, saying, hey, how are you? I missed you. Nice to see you. What's happening? I give Pia a lot of space. That kid does not want to talk. I remember when she she started high school this year. And so she would get in the car and be like, oh my gosh, was it so fun? Who'd you talk to? Who was it? And she'd be like, mom, you have to stop asking me questions. I cannot hear you. I can't answer them. She basically told me she can't answer my questions. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're so right. She can't answer my questions. How was this? How was that? What about Matt? Oh my gosh, did you see so-and-so? I mean, Michelle, honestly, shut up. And so I've learned to shut up. She doesn't want to be talked to. Esme, on the other hand, she will come in on fire. But she's telling me, this is what happened and that is what happened and so-and-so and this is about that. And she's telling me and she's telling me and telling me that's her system restraint collapse. She got to get it out. Pia's system restraint collapse is withdrawal. Quiet. And so I got confused. <laughs> you know, here I am getting conditioned by the oldest and, and then the youngest comes along and she's different. <laughs> right? She's a different kid and she's going quiet, withdrawn, collapse, secluded in my bedroom. Don't talk to me. Collapse. Esme's like on fire, collapse. But nonetheless, we have kids who come, you know, Esme, when she was young, come dysregulated, completely dysregulated. I have to hold a lot of space. P and I, coincidentally, actually, when she was younger, we would wrestle every single day after school because I think she found it so stressful. So we would wrestle every single day after school and that really helped her with system restraint collapse. And that's really good for some kids in some situations. Wrestling can be a really good idea. Quiet can be really good for some other kids. Um, Some kids might like special time right after so they can just feel connected. Some kids just want to eat, need to eat and need to decompress. But I think just noticing and following your child's lead for this time after school And let's talk about other times when it can happen. You know, it could be after a full day of activities with friends because that's hard or a play date. A child can have a system restraint collapse after a play date because they have to negotiate, they have to share all their toys, they have to be nice to everybody. Or what if they had a play date at a friend's house and they had to be on their best behavior and then they come home and they're like, blah, and want to get it all out. Maybe they're mean to us or maybe they act unkind. It doesn't mean that it's against us. It could just be a symptom of that collapse. So really noticing like when your child is coming off of these harder activities for them, harder meaning that they've had to negotiate a lot or they've had to reason or they've had to compromise. They've had to you know, navigate a world where they had to keep it all together because they weren't allowed to maybe say exactly how they feel or they weren't allowed to you know, take the toy that they wanted because they felt like they had to give it to their friend or this can be hard for kids and it eats away at the connection, right? So you send them all filled up full of connection. They had a great day and a great morning and you played everything and then you send them to school and then they come back depleted. You're like, oh gosh, I got to get them filled up again. So you start with the connection and with the empathy and with the special time and with the play and you're staying away from the punishments and the shame and you're holding space for feelings and you're like, ah, here we go. It's a constant depletion and filling up of the cup. 
you know, pouring out the cup and filling up the cup with all this connection pieces. So I think if you can start to notice when your child is in an experience or having an experience or a, um, you know, an activity, what if you're sending them to camp that can be very disconnecting for a kid or day camp can be disconnecting for a kid or play dates, like we said, or birthday parties, birthday parties are really hard, really hard on my Esme because she was like, the perfect friend, you know, she was playing and charismatic and doing this and doing that and everybody's friend. Then she would come home and be a mess because she overdid it. I think she had so much social anxiety. She just wanted to be everybody's friend. He didn't have that so much because she's more aloof and didn't care about being everybody's friend maybe. But Esme really worked hard because she was that charismatic kid, you know, life of the party. And it's it's hard to be a life of the party. And I, when you think about life of the party are really fun people who, um, are funny. You think of comedians, right? But how many comedians are tortured beings? How many comedians probably had system restraint collapse, right? When we think about many comedians who committed suicide or many comedians who are chronically depressed, could that be part of it? That they were trying to navigate this world outside of them all the time, trying to be on, trying to, you know, interact with everyone all the time. And then when they would come to their their home or their inner place, were they unhappy because they weren't being given the connect the real connection that they needed? So if they came home to somebody like us, like a parent who could listen to their feelings and not expect them to be on all the time and expect them to have the, you know, the collapse and be able to respond to that collapse with connection, would they have maybe done a bit better? I don't know, just something I was thinking about. So if you have a child who you believe has system restraint collapse or responds in that way, be thinking about when it's happening. Is it after school? Is it after the play date? Is it after the birthday party? Is it after the vacation sometimes? What is it? And where can we then say, okay, I know it's going to happen. I'm ready for it. How can I supply connection? Do I offer special time? Do I do play? Do I allow them to decompress? Do I offer food? What can I do to help them regain their connection with themselves and with me? All right. I hope that was helpful. Thanks for joining me on the Peace and Parenting Podcast. I so appreciate you being here and I will see you next time. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.